Hi, welcome to the Quipster Film Review Podcast. My name is Vince Leo. I am the author of the film review website, Quipster.net. I've been doing film reviews since 1996. I invite you to check out every one of them at my website, Quipster.net, Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R.net. While you're there, I do encourage you to check out my other podcast that covers films of the 1980s. Specifically, it is called Around the World in 80s Movies. You can find a link to that on my website, Quipster.net. Today, I'm going to be looking at a film that's doing very well at the box office. It is a very gritty, grimy, nihilistic, R-rated version of Joker. It is a film based on the DC Comics character. It stars Joaquin Phoenix as Joker. It's an R-rated film. It does have strong bloody violence, disturbing behavior, language, and brief sexual images. The runtime is two hours and two minutes. In addition to Joaquin Phoenix... Supporting roles go to Robert De Niro, Francis Conroy, Zazie Beetz, Brett Cullen, and Shea Wiggum. The director is Todd Phillips, who also provides the screenplay along with Scott Silver. Now, this one's set in a crime-ridden Gotham City. It's sometime in the early 1980s. Joaquin Phoenix here starring as Arthur Fleck. Arthur is a man who's been dealing with mental challenges his entire life. He has little to show for all of his efforts to stay on the path of sanity. One of his afflictions is an uncontrollable laugh that occurs when he's faced with things that make him anxious or stressed, and that often gets him further into trouble just on its own. He's living in this Gotham City apartment with his ailing mother, Penny, played by Frances Conroy, He's trying to make it on his own, either as a clown or as a stand-up comedian, on the hope that he might be able to get his path to appearing on the number one late-night talk show, hosted by his idol, Murray Franklin, played by Robert De Niro. Even with the several medications that he's on, his afflictions often get the better of Arthur, and now he's lost his job. He's lost his therapist, his meds, and his sanity continues to be lost as well. But he soon finds that there may be a new path to getting that audience that he's been struggling to get as an entertainer when he gains notoriety as this Bernard Getz-style subway shooter. A lot more to the story than that, but I don't want to spoil it for most people who haven't seen it yet. Essentially, Joker is kind of one part character study and one part homage to Martin Scorsese's earlier filmography, most notably The King of Comedy and Taxi Driver, very much rampant throughout Joker. That homage goes one step further by casting the star of both of those portrayals of madness, King of Comedy and Taxi Driver, of course, Robert De Niro. Here he's in a supporting role as the host of the late night talk show that Arthur daydreams constantly of making his debut appearance on. As a character study, it's a relatively slow-moving piece. It doesn't have any real action set pieces to boast. It's content to build on a more realistic portrayal of how this sick and lonely person could find himself transformed into this madman with grievances on society that he wishes to take to a public forum. Joaquin Phoenix here delivering another mesmerizing and gutsy performance. He's full of inner pain, obvious turmoil, but with a little bit of a touch of tragedy and a lot of unpredictability that makes his the most nuanced version of the Joker yet. The palpable torment is fascinating to observe, on Joaquin Phoenix's face, he reels off unnerving behavior that's both emotional and physical in its execution. And still, when you're dealing with the Joker, you know, it, it is hard not to come off as a caricature rather than a fully realized character, especially within the course of just one movie. But Phoenix, I think, does about as good a job as could be done meeting the task 
in the middle between plausible illness and this cartoonishly malevolent, burgeoning supervillain behavior that we all associate with Joker. The Joker benefits from a classic look that's thanks to stunning cinematography by Lawrence Schur that highlights its dark tones, its bleak atmosphere, the editing, the lighting, the camera work are also top-notch going along with all of that in this narrative that largely strays away from the kind of CG work that usually overtakes comic book-based films. The soundtrack filters in like this weird and fascinating dream. It keeps with the lucid daydreams that Arthur engages in when he envisions his own time in the spotlight on Murray's show. Nothing we can see can be trusted as 100% real. Arthur's day-to-day existence blends with his own twisted fantasies in this way that we can only guess from the context whether what we're witnessing is fact or fiction. Now, themes regarding the mentally ill and their shunning by American society run strong in Joker. Arthur becomes, at least in his mind, the voice for the poor and the overlooked people who fall through the cracks of society for whom no one seems to find a voice to help them get back on their feet once they've fallen. There's also this notion that those who are rich and famous get to control the crumbs of attention or success that they will allow among those who are poor nobodies. Arthur's quest to find a way to earn his overnight success and his notoriety become part of the film's notion of a climax. In real life during the 1980s, there was a lot of government funding that was being cut to help the mentally ill, and that resulted in a marked increase in those who were not able to get the support or medication that they needed to to keep it in check, and there was this boom in homelessness and then a lot of extenuating violence that would plague the era in a way that actually has continued to this day. Now, although dealing with a character that they may not know from their cartoons or comic books, parents should probably be aware that Joker is absolutely not for children. It may be a bit too violent and depressing for even some adults. Batman purists may have some trouble also embracing this take on the classic character, as well as those who expect their comic book stories not to cross over into very sad and sadistic R-rated territory. The depiction here of Thomas Wayne in particular, a billionaire running for office, you know, this depiction that makes him out to be not a very kind or loving father or husband that may rankle a few long-term fans of these characters and their backstories going back many, many decades. In fact, Joaquin Phoenix argued against Thomas Wayne's inclusion in the film, and he also did not like a lot of the other direct tie-ins with the Batman mythos that the narrative takes, including he also objected to having to shed over 50 pounds to play Joker in that gaunt and lanky manner in which he's frequently depicted. Even with these things, Joker does mostly stay away from the typical Batman storyline much of the time, only tying it in within a couple of scenes with one particular scene that doubles as an origin story for a young Bruce Wayne to later be what he intends to be in life. Now, Joker succeeds at leaving a very lasting and discomforting impression of how a tragic life often can result in tragic outcomes for the person who experiences it, as well as those around him, in his fear of influence. Not everyone will be in tune with Joker's delving into uncomfortable areas to find the film as a whole, giving the kind of entertainment value that they want going in, but I do think that this is a case where expectations will largely dictate one's feelings by the end. But my personal take, if you take Joker on its own terms as a relatively grounded way to explain how Joker came to be, 
I do think Joaquin Phoenix manages to ultimately convince through the method acting of his madness. There's no joy in hearing Joker's laughter in this film, and I do think that it is actually quite effective in that regard. It it does leave a lasting impression that I think makes it a pretty good movie, and that's enough for me to give it three and a half stars out of four. Three and a half stars on my scale means I do think it is a good film. I do ultimately think that a lot of the complaints that happen to be about this film happen to be from expectations or demands of what they want out of Batman's entertainment. I think if you removed the Batman mythos from it, I wish actually kind of agree with Joaquin Phoenix. Maybe they should have removed it altogether, at least for this first film, if they want to continue the storyline. It might have been a little bit more plausible, but given that a lot of people do expect it to tie into Batman at some point, I do think that it is pretty effective stuff for the most part, and I do think that ultimately the performances here are very good, and there's some risk-taking here that I do think ultimately pays off. So three and a half stars out of four is what I give Joker. Obviously, this is a film that has been splitting a lot of, of fans and a lot of people who have taken it in. Uh, Obviously, I do think that there are going to be people out there that are disagreeing with my take here. If you have any thoughts that I may have left out or you want to impart, you can find my contact information at my website. That's at quipster.net, Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R.net. While you're there, I do encourage you to check out my Twitter feed, my Facebook page, my Instagram. All of those are also adequate ways to get in touch with me. Until next time, thanks everyone for listening, and please enjoy your time anytime you get to go to the movies. 